What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Convincing Creatives Panda Barrett Edition. Today, we have assistant producer Julia Chanowski on the show. Julia has worked on a number of short films. She also went to East Carolina University and went through the cinematic arts and media production program like I did. And that's actually how we met. I reached out to a couple of my film professors, and I do this every couple of years when I make films. And I always am like, is there any students, you know, current, graduated or otherwise, who are just like interested to come on set and work on an indie feature? And Julia was one of those people and it was really awesome to have her on set because she understands and I think that's something we talk about in the show, uh, you know, and that's something ECU, the program we both went to talks and teaches a lot about is they tell you how to be resourceful. They tell you how to, you know, hold a boom pole, but also direct how to edit, but also shoot, you know, you really get a good like broad sense of film production through and through. And that's what was super crucial because in addition to Julia, we only had one or two other crew members on set and there was just not a large crew to draw on. So, you know, many people were doing many different things, but I think in a way, I think it created a really um, wholesome and good environment on set where everyone was just on the same page. And I think like that's the biggest thing in indie film is just making sure people want to be there. And so like, that's the biggest, uh, you know, compliment to me when people who I've worked with in the past just said they had a good time on set. Um, so we'll talk to Julia about her experience on Panda Barrett, making her own works and working in the film industry here in North Carolina, because as a NC filmmaker, you know, we do exist. There are many of us, but sometimes it's hard because, you know, we're all just so focused on what we're doing. And we talk a little bit about how to create and foster that uh, community of filmmakers wherever you are. Um, and for us, that happens to be here in North Carolina. So check it out. And a friendly reminder, Panda Barrett will be on Amazon Prime Video later this fall, 2020. So you have that to look forward to. And we talk all about the behind the scenes of Panda Barrett with Julia right now. Check it out. Julia is the assistant producer on Panda Barrett, and it is great to welcome her to the show. Welcome. Hey, great. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. Well, we worked together last year, which feels both like yesterday and a million years ago, because what is time? Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we did Panda Barrett, and you were basically one of the few uh, crew members that were actually in the project. There was me, you, and Kai, and then we had like some of the actors help us out a little bit. And we also had um, my brother help us out on the day we were at his house. But like y'all two were really the official crew members and that was it. And we kept the project, yeah, super small and lean and indie. Um, and I know that's the way we've both done stuff in the past. Uh, before we dive into Panda Barrett, let's like get to know you for a second. How did you get into film and what's your backstory? Um, okay, so I grew up in Delaware. I went to Sussex Technical High School. They're like a technical high school, and I was doing media broadcasting at the time. So it was really kind of more journalism and news producing stuff. Um, right. I did some stuff for their morning. Uh, we did like a morning report in the evening, or when you get out of class, report. Yeah. So I kind of helped on that, and then um, I was like, you know what? I love this, but I really need a career that I'm gonna be able to have long term. So my parents and I were like, okay, let's do teaching. So I went into elementary education and I went into the class on the first day. And I was at the end of the day, I was like, I don't want to do this. I, I love kids. I love working with kids, but I cannot teach them on a daily basis. I just can't. So then during that time, I was just kind of doing some, you know, editing projects for my friends and my family. And I was like, I really enjoy this. 
So I just kind of Googled, I was really in a marching band <laughs> from high school. So I Googled schools that weren't too far away from home that also had a marching band. And EC was the first one that popped up. And so I came to visit, fell in love with the campus. So I came here and I did film production. Um, and then, you know, I just made shorts throughout my time there. And yeah, that's kind of how I got, that's how we, you know, we met, we were introduced through ECU. So, right. Yeah, I was going to say ECU, shout out to the film and media production program out there. Um, that was, you know, my alma mater. And so that's how we connected because I like always hit up the professors every few years, like when I make projects and I'm like, hey, is there any, you know, students recently graduated, any, you know, still in the classes who just want to make stuff? Because I know that's like kind of the hardest thing is like a lot of times you do have to do stuff yourself, obviously, in the program. But it's also nice still to like get to other sets and be like, okay, good, there are other people, you know, doing stuff. So exactly. yeah, and it's nice to be on sets with like your friends and you that went to ECU who kind of, we all have similar backgrounds, and we're all kind of right. learning together. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, we all have similar backgrounds. And like, what can we all personally bring to the sets that we can kind of incorporate into our own stuff. Like I learned from you, learned from my friend Tyree, I've learned from my friend Michaela, Melissa, like all of the sets that I've been on, the way they do things, I also incorporated how I do my films. Definitely, and that's super crucial, yeah. That's one of, while ECU, it was a smaller program, I kind of appreciate that because we right. had that chance, we had to work on everyone's film set. So it really was a better, a better learning experience for me. A hundred percent. And like, that's what I loved about, you know, both the program and also like once you get out, because the program is so, you know, it's small and it's lean and it teaches you to be resourceful. And I feel like those are like the skills a lot of the bigger film schools don't teach you because they just have everything there for you. So then when you get out, you're like, oh, wait, you know, what do I do? You know, the world doesn't operate like film school. So yeah. that was like it being in Greenville too was, you know, it's a city, but it was a smaller city. Right. So you had to go out to Raleigh, to Charlotte, you had to reach out and be like, hey, I know you're a little further away, but mm -hmm. is there anything to make this work? And you really had to do research yourself. That's one yeah. thing I'm really grateful for. Yeah, yeah. And like, that's kind of the whole thing too, is like, I remember when I got out of film school, you know, I, I knew how to make films and knew how to compose a shot, you know, sound production, all that was great. But it was always a matter of like, okay, well, what do I do now? And I found that it was really hard to make those connections. So that's why I always like to stay um, connected with my alma mater ECU just to like help, you know, other students who had recently graduated just to get some onset experience. You know, I don't have much to offer, but it's always like whatever I can, you know, it's always helpful. Just being on that set is a learning experience enough. I know when I was in school, I helped out on a few of the seniors. I mean, it was a requirement for class, but it, right. it was nice to be <laughs> on the senior set for their thesis films. Yeah. And that's, there's always going to be students that want to be, even that production assistant, even like, you want me to go get you coffee? You want me to go get batteries? You want me to, here, I know how to wrap a wire. Like they're yeah. willing to do stuff. And that's the good thing about being in contact with them. The being on monitors of the film program there, they're really like, if we send an email to them right now, they would respond most likely with, it's Saturday, but they would probably respond. <laughs> I'll send this out on Monday. You'll get yes, some Yes, 100%. Like they're really good about connecting us all together still, which I really yeah. am grateful for. Yeah, 100%. I tip my hat to ECU for so much stuff with my own filmmaking adventure and career. And that's when I say adventure because, you know, it's a career, but at the same time, you know, sometimes you do have to fund your own stuff and sometimes you do have to do no budget. Um, but it's part of it. Like it's part of the journey. Like it doesn't always go in a straight line. Sometimes you have a really awesome few months and then you're like, oh man, it's a slow season. And, you know, it's always like, 
using the slow season time to like maybe write your own work or do something like that. And then kind of just balancing that out. Um, yeah. And, exactly. and I think, oh, go ahead. That's the thing with the no budget filmmaking, Tierno Green and Ken, they all have experienced that. Mm -hmm. So like, those are my main professors at the time. And they've all experienced multiple films of low budget or no budget or funding themselves. So they really had tips to be like, this is what you want to do. This is what you should do because of being a student and your lack of money. And yeah. it was as good. And yeah. Being able to, you know, read each other's scripts, help each other out, hold a boom pole at one weekend, then do the camera the next for someone else. Like, it's just all very cyclical and hands-on, especially here in North Carolina. Um, and that's like why, you know, we made Panda Barrett here was because we have that community. Um, you know, it's not the biggest community in the world, but it is full of people who want to be there. And, and that's what makes the difference. Yeah, they want to be there and they're tight-knit. Like, they're going yeah. to try to everyone yeah because i mean and we're all gonna we're all gonna be there for our failures but we're all gonna celebrate our successes at the same time a hundred percent and and like that's the thing i've noticed is i've been on sets before where not everyone wanted to be there and it is so you can tell and it is such a different vibe and like when everyone's kind of on the same page i think not only do you work you know more quality better but it i think it actually goes uh the time flies because you're not worried about you know when do i need to leave when do i need to do this like you're you're very present yeah and that's 100 percent crucial um well fast forwarding to panda barrett uh you know we shot this in uh, november and october of last year and you came on as an assistant producer and you kind of helped out with a bunch of different things like i said because we didn't have a big crew and so you know me and you would both be setting up lights and you know holding mics and just doing whatever needed to be done um what was your kind of like thought process on that because i know that's you know sort of different for a feature but also it's very similar to how we did stuff at ecu and that's the thing. That's how I kind of prefer that because I like, especially on my films, I like to be in control of everything. Right, I, wanted, right. I would rather be the person to also hold, hold the boom. So like for your film, it was like, what can I do to make sure Evan can really focus on what he needs to do for shots and I can focus on everything else because, you know, I want to make this feature the best it can be. So I really didn't mind. I did audio at one point. I did some paperwork one time. Yeah. I did <laughs> lights uh that smoke machine oh yeah the smoke machine <laughs> i really didn't mind doing everything because you know like we were saying we the community loves being on set and i just loved being there and doing anything i could to help the project yeah no and that was so crucial because that was my first time like i've shot um you know like documentaries and corporate stuff and music videos while directing but i've never done that for a narrative just because i really value the time with the actors um so i was so nervous shooting that film um panda barrett like while doing the you know cinematography and doing the directing and like having you and kai there and people to kind of help balance out those other roles even though we were a small crew i think that really helped like you said, just helped me kind of get to where I needed to be. And I felt like everyone was on the same page. Exactly. You had two go-getters that really, we knew what we needed to do so that you could focus yes. on Because when, with narratives, you really, directors really need to have that one-on-one -on -one with the actor to make sure that the vision comes to life how they want it. So yeah. for us, and you know me, I can speak for Kai, but most likely, we just wanted to be able to have you focus on that aspect. And be like, okay, what else can we do for technical or... I don't any other thing so that yeah. he can really talk to the actors and get what he you know because you wrote the script so you know what you wanted yeah so you, we wanted to help you bring that the best it could be bring it to life 
Yeah, no, and like I so appreciate that y'all y'all killed it. Like y'all did such a good job. Like I have to give you your your praise while you're here to see it and hear it because like I'm I'm very big on that. Like you know I want to tell people when they do good work because y'all did. Um, and like the other thing too that I found interesting about Panda was like when we started filming on that first day. Um, you know, like it was almost like so indicative of indie film because like Panda's costume was starting to kind of fall apart because I'm gonna be honest, I ordered it on Amazon. So you just never know what you're gonna get. Exactly. I remember I had we were it was the first day and she came out, I was like, Oh, so good. She's like, Yeah, just I don't know what's gonna happen. And I was like, Oh, I got it. And I remember throughout the day, I was just take the tape, take the tape, take the tape. We got this. Yep. And that was the thing, the back of the costume just had like a rip and it just like kept flapping down and it was just really awkward. And, you know, but again, you were a trooper and you had the gaff tape. You're like, you know what? It's not even an issue. Like we're just going to keep applying tape. And then like, that's, what's funny is like, as the um, production went on, I think the, the, there was just so much gaff tape that it just stopped being an issue because it was only an issue the first day or two of like production with the costume as you didn't get too many like didn't focus on behind Panda. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i think probably by the end that the bottom half of that was like mostly gap tape yeah it is, it is yeah it's in it's in the closet in like a box and i was cleaning stuff the other day and i found it and i was like wow this is like full roll of gaff tape on this costume <laughs> like, you need to get it done you do yeah um well another thing too that i found like really interesting about production was um we we moved i think with incredible efficiency given the amount of shots and scenes we were doing in a day um how did you you know as the assistant producer you were really crucial at keeping us you know on schedule and also kind of saying okay you know it's going to be dark you know you're checking the weather there's that little rainstorm that came on the first day we had to work around that um, how did you kind of balance all that? Um, well, I've always wanted kind of to do the assistant directing producing role where I have do keep time. So I know, mm-hmm. you know, you want to just keep shooting and shooting You're ultimately for me, I wanted to keep us on track. So I was like, you know, Hey, like, I know you want another shot, Evan, but we, we got to go. It's going to start raining. Yeah. There was that one night we were outside and the light was going on. I was like, okay, we can get four more shots in, let's go, let's bust it out. And we just, we had to. So I just wanted, you know, I didn't want us to fall behind because, you know, we were on kind of a tight timeframe with everyone's schedules. So I just wanted to make sure we could get, I wanted us to get as much done in in the short amount of time we had. So that way you had your options when it came time for you to post, you know, because you want to get as many shots in in that time. So that way you have options. You don't just want to be stuck with one or two options for shots. Yeah, that's how I do with my films too. I just want to keep my keep track of time. I like being organized. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, I mean that's why I was excited to work with you and Kai as well because y'all have both like made your own work and you know shot your own films. You've been the director. You know that. You know what it's like to do that. And I think that's crucial because you're able to be you know a a little more sympathetic to being like you know I've been there I've done that I know what that feels like when you're trying to do like 500 things and you know still make sure you get the shot before the sun sets and etc um because like there was that night where it was with the smoke machine we were not able to get it working I mean we eventually did but it took a while to figure it out um because I think the fluid level was weird or something in the machine um we also had like a giant extension cord going from like three houses away (laughs) extension cord honestly i think it was just it might like have been yeah so far that it yeah. was just like 
could do this anymore. And then I think that was the night it rained too. It so did, yeah. We were like trying to be threatened because we knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. But we were like, so I was, I was working on the machine. I was like, okay, Evan, just go get the shots that you can without the machine. And then we'll get the machine done. Yeah. And then I think halfway through one of the sets, it shots, it finally turned on. <laughs> but they both did a really good job of just kind of keeping, like the smoke was coming on. They're like, okay, cool, it's on. But we're going to yeah. keep back. We, we kept it going in a good way. And I think like we were problem solving, but working at the same time, like that is a great segue to the next question I have. So like, how do you balance that? Because I think like 99% of filmmaking is problem solving and, you know, there's always ways that things can go wrong and it's just kind of part of it. Um, but how do you not let that like overwhelm you when you're on set trying to get what you want? Um, because sometimes it can be a lot. Yeah. I'm pretty lucky. Um, I, have worked in a restaurant for most of my life uh, mm. probably was 15 and I worked up starting from like a host buster all the way up to like the head host to a server now um, I've done some managers positions at two different restaurants so I really attribute that background of mine to my problem solving because working in restaurant things are just so yes. you, have to, you, have to, you have to be able like where are they going where is this going what's wrong with this table let's get the food out so that I think I'm really lucky that I had that background as my to help me problem solve. I really am fast thinking on my feet. I'm like, okay, this option is out. We can do this instead. But it's also, I attribute also to my team of who I have on. Mm-hmm. Uh, one instance for my uh, senior thesis film, The Cure, on YouTube. Go check <laughs> it out, everyone. Uh, there was this one shot, and I just, I had such a great team. My DP, Amber Delgado, shout out to Amber. She, created the most beautiful shot. I was stuck and she was like, let's do this. And it just, I really, my team and my problem solving background really are how I get through yeah. things. You really have to have a good team. You do. Yeah. And I think like, it's funny you mentioned the like food service industry. I've also worked in the food service industry. I feel like it like, it prepares you in a way just to deal with just all kinds of things, you know, because you just never know what people are. Exactly. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. If you've worked in food service industry, anyone else out there, you know what we're talking about. Yes. Kitchen is, is it actually a kitchen issue? Is it a yes. issue? Is it, you know, you're just, some people just, you know, it's not their day. And you're like, hey, it's fine. We all have our mess up days, but you just got to get over it, be on your feet, go cry, and then walk in later. Right now we're going to yep. get through this. Yeah, I I used to work in a deli. And one of the things was like slicing the meats and cheeses for people. And like, you know, they would always want to sample it. And then, you know, some people like a thin slice or a thicker slice or whatever they want. So there was this one person that was very picky, and I would slice it one way, they'd say it's too thin, I'd slice it again, it's too thick. And they were really just trying the patience of everyone there. Um, And eventually, it was like that situation where I was like, you know what, I'm going to slice you like four different slices and bring them all to you at once. And that way you're going to feel like you're choosing and it's going to be your choice because that's what you want. You want it to feel like it's your choice. And you, sometimes you have to play like psychological games with people like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, you know, I know you said you just want a ranch, but here's ranch, chipotle ranch, avocado ranch. Cause I know mm-hmm. that you want, I brought you two things of ranch. Yep. You know, like <laughs> you're choosing this. Yes. Yeah so much yeah you just have to make people feel like they're making the choice when at the end of the day it's you giving them all the options (laughs) yes well you know switching back to panda um as assistant producer what was one thing that you felt like 
um, was maybe challenging, but like something you were able to apply like a lesson learned to going forward? Cause I know that, you know, we, we did move very fast and I know not all productions do that, but you know, a lot of times, you know, we were under time constraints, you know, we were driving to different cities, you know, had to be in and out of certain locations at certain times. Um, like what were some lessons you feel like you kind of learned? Um, definitely, you know, I felt like I was had pretty good time management already, but that one day we were filming in the shop early yeah. in the morning. I was like, okay, we have this many hours until we open. We got to get this done. We got to bust this out. So it's just being kind of having tighter time restraints really makes you step up your game. You're like, okay, let's bust this out. We're not going to have this opportunity. We don't want to have to choose, come back another day. We don't want to yeah. have to go whole process of getting approval and going through everything we need to get it done so I need to make sure that I have the most amount of options made available for Evan later to get this done so that's really it this project really being that smaller crew and being on that time straight really helped me with my time management and like how can I get this done in a shorter amount of time um and also we had time to like have a wrap beer with everyone there and like that was so nice <laughs> because it's just so rewarding at the end to be like we are done let's yeah together yes probably eight in the morning we were drinking but i don't know yeah it was i don't think it was even noon at that point but yeah it was was definitely still the am but hey it it works (laughs) yes exactly yeah shout out to the green monkey in raleigh they were awesome hosted us and you know hooked it up with us filming there no, I got some cute socks. They're somewhere in my box. Yeah, no, they're they're super awesome. If anyone listening uh, is in the Triangle, or even if you're not and you're in Raleigh, go there. They have like super dope gifts. They have like a whole bar and stuff like that. So it's it's super cool. Um, so I guess like kind of to finish out the podcast, I always ask everyone this question on the show. Um, what was your like favorite memory from Panda Barrett? Just in general, it can be funny, serious, you know, stories from set, whatever. We were at, in Wilmington. Eric's house, yes. Eric's house. I love my sunglasses there, by the way. So, Eric, if you're listening, <laughs> your sunglasses. Um, but he made chili. He was so... Oh, yes. Table just talking, enjoying each other's company, and talking about the giraffe, and just eating chili. <laughs> and it's just, it's just such a nice, you know, moment to be there with your friends and your crew, and yeah. just, just enjoying each other's company. That was one of the things I like was my favorite. And also when it started downpouring raining and we all just hustled grab all of the stuff, like we yeah. just grabbed everything and we ran inside and we were like, I don't know how we got everything. I don't know how we did that. That was <laughs> everything. We like, we made that work so well. We're in theory, like the gear should be ruined, but like it was like the end of day one and we were exhausted and it worked out like we had just cut the last mm-hmm. scene of the day. And it was like just barely drizzling. And I was like, all right. And then it just came down and we just like grabbed everything and ran into the canvas's house where we were filming and just, just made it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I threw like, we were going around, we had to go around the house because like the deck was here, but then we had to go. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he didn't have the way to get on the deck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Extension cords and stuff up on the, the like things that if it got a little rained on, it was okay. Yeah. I grabbed all the other imports. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) I just remember like taking the camera and like shoving it in my shirt to keep it from being like completely downpoured. 
yeah and that's the thing i had just got the black magic pocket 4k for this film and it was not even like two months old and i was like not today not on day one of production <laughs> i will i will destroy everything else before i destroy <laughs> yeah yeah i ran like a cheetah times <laughs> when you're just laughing with the crew and having like we're all stressed with after long days or you know early mornings we're all tired we're all stressed but we're just sitting down and enjoying each other's company and having a good laugh yeah that's my favorite part of of truly yeah yeah well i mean it's it's, yeah this is why we have each other because we knew we're gonna get shit done and then we're gonna have a good time a thousand percent yeah and it's like it's like you said with eric making the chili like i think that was like the best bowl of chili i've ever had just because we had worked so hard we i mean we were so tired by the time we ate that chili um and like you know we had drove to leland which is like outside of wilmington to go film that and you know it's just all this stuff going on and by the end of that time when we were you know able to sit down it was like oh i felt like almost like you're going for a run and then you're just finally sitting and you're like oh i can breathe you know and it's like that kind of accomplishment especially when you're sharing it with your crew like you said like that that's everything yeah cold that night it was like the first I guess it was November it was like the first you know North Carolina was finally starting to get mm-hmm. cold again it was the first cold night and he's like I got chilly you were like, yes yeah let's go in after the show <laughs> was done and I think they had the bowls ready for us and we were just like they yeah. did yeah. Eric is oh, Eric is a real MVP yeah he <laughs> um he's amazing yeah I can't shout him out enough uh he basically opened his home to us you know to go film and you know he was in the film he had a role uh so he transformed parts of his house to kind of match his character it's just that like again that's like what i talk about that's like that little extra dedication you have when you know who you're working with and you have a community established that you're never going to find on a you know bigger set you know you're never going to kind of get those moments exactly and the good thing about him and cam is they had such good connection i don't know if they've ever met before but their on-screen chemistry was just, per- I remember the one, I don't want to re- reveal any spoilers, so the, the shot in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. I think I teared up. Like, they had such good chemistry together for yeah. really, like, bringing what he, your vision to life, that, like, that was my favorite day on set, is just seeing those two interact. It was just Same. them all. Yeah, they're. And Panda, that's the thing, like, um, that whole scene, you know, I, it's hard to talk about it without spoiling it, but it's, it's very serious. Um, but there's also, like, scenes that come before and after it that are hilarious. And, you know, it's that balancing act that Camus and Eric both did together. Um, and two characters that, like, on the surface, you would not expect to get along at all. Um, but, you know, they figured something out between the two of them that they shared, and it brought them together. And, and I think just the way it went down, like you said, with their chemistry, um, their acting chops, just really everything, it fell together. And they had not met until then. They had FaceTimed. But that was it. That was it. That's crazy. Yeah. They, they, that was my favorite day on set. Was just seeing those two interact together. Yeah. I mean, all, everyone was amazing. Everyone on that set is amazing. Oh, 100%. But seeing those two for, because that's an important. And yeah. seeing them really, wow. I can't, yeah. I can't wait. To I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Yes, I can't wait for everyone to check it out. And not to mention that whole scene is like the cherry on top is it's such a serious scene. There's so much going on. Um, but then Panda, who, you know, Panda Barrett is like a actual panda in a mascot costume. You know, Panda is just chilling in the background of the shot. 
for like 20 minutes and you know just in full costume it's hot but like in character and then like you feel so sad for panda too and it's like and that like we had melissa on the show and melissa talked about you know the whole thing with you know being panda and you know how that was to like convey acting and emotion where you can't even see your face she did such a great job she did bringing Panda to life you can't see any emotion but you really feel like especially yeah. when all the you know that scene and other scenes and she's just like she was great in that cost just give her an Oscar just for that yeah like, I know well that's the thing face there she just yeah. like her mannerisms the way like I was just like wow she was able to convey that with like either just shrugging her shoulders looking sad or like waving her hands and being silly it was just simple things. Yeah, little gestures. I think you would need the, but she just did them. And it's not even like they were over the top. They were just small, but the way that she did them really yeah. made the emotion that she was feeling. A hundred percent. Yeah, it was really rewarding to see um, her, you know, figure out Panda as we went, because, you know, I think Panda evolved, you know, basically depending on what scene was happening. Was it funny? Was it serious? And also like, her and Camus, like I've said this before, but they had such good chemistry because they were able to play off of one another so well because Camus would do something serious and then Panda would like try to snap him out of it and do something silly. And like a lot of it, you know, there was definitely a lot from the script, but like there was a good amount of improving too. Um, and they were able to just like bounce ideas off each other. And there were just moments that organically happened that I think were um, really pivotal ones that actually ended up making the cut. Really, all oh, that's great to hear. There was like that once scene when we were at Camus's in the when she was at the top of the stairs. That was yes, like, I love that scene. I, was that your idea or her idea? Because I don't. It might have been. I don't even. Re- I don't even remember. It was probably both of our ideas. I remember. Is what it yeah. was. We were not planning on doing that, and it was basically her just like towering over the stairs at the top, looking down, and it almost looked like something from like a horror movie because the lighting was so dark, and it was just it just fell in place really well. Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm like, I can't wait. I just keep saying it. I can't <laughs> wait. To see it. It's just being after working on something and then finally seeing it all come together is just so rewarding, and it's it yeah. makes the process worth it. Like. Not that we shed any tears or anything, but I'm right. sure you do a lot of stress. You know, you wrote it, directed it. You really did everything for this film. You put your blood, sweat, and tears into this. So I'm sure it'll, it's really rewarding for you to do this. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be super dope. Like, I can't wait. And, like, that's the thing. I'm just looking forward to it. Because, obviously, like, with COVID, the film festivals are not, you know, what they would be. Like, I would like to think in an alternate universe, we would have already had our premiere in a theater somewhere. And, like you know, I was making plans to have that happen. And then of course the world just is what it is. Um, But you know, like, I think, like I've said this to other people on the podcast, like we'll get to do that, like eventually. And it may be long after the film's on Amazon, but then we can market it as like the ass backwards premiere that we did the other way around. Cause you know, normally it's like movie theater, then VOD, but you know, the world we live in now, it's the opposite. Yeah. Eric will bring his chili. Yes, chili for all. Yeah, I think that'll because then we have that option when we're in the theaters to really talk about it with the mm-hmm. viewers. People have questions and they'll want to know. So yeah. I think it'll be rewarding and it'll, you know, it'll still be good. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. Like, that's why I wanted to do this podcast was to have sort of these conversations. Like I know they're not coming from the audience, but I think it's a lot of the stuff the audience might wonder. And also maybe we can even shed light on, you know, all the dope folks who made the film and just like, you know, why they did what they did, how the choices were made in performance and um, you know, why we, why we celebrated the chili. No one would ever know that, you know, so yeah it was it was super awesome um well this has been so much fun thank you julia for being on the show thank you for having me this was my first interview yeah hey you're gonna you're gonna do so many more like i said um you are a filmmaker too so like plug your stuff like where can people check out your work keep up with you on social all that good stuff so um i have a uh vimeo that's kind of i stick with video vimeo and then i also have youtube uh i have marry you the cure um that's really all of my own personal stuff i've been on a lot of other stuff helping people with theirs um right now i'm working i'm a production assistant right now so i don't i'm not really making anything right now um but i am writing a lot of stuff i have possible I can't reveal too much. I have a possible thing coming out and then I'm working on some pilots of my own that I'm going to try to submit soon. Um, so yeah, I, a lot of stuff is in the making more, but a lot of my college stuff is out there on the yeah. internet. If you like it. Yeah. Perfect <laughs> uh, yeah, place to stream it. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Julia, Elizabeth, Jewel Elizabeth 95 is kind of the tag for most of that. Yeah. You cool. underscore Elizabeth. Sweet. Well, I will link all that on the uh, YouTube description and I appreciate, yeah, just everyone for listening and thank you again for being on the show. Um, a friendly, yeah, reminder to everyone, Panda Barrett dropping this fall on Amazon Prime Video. You can check out all the hard work we've been talking about very soon. Um, and we are also an official selection of the Charlotte Film Festival. We just found that out. Yeah. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. You're finding out live. Yeah. <laughs> so exciting hearing yeah. about the festival is just so exciting it's everything yeah it's awesome yeah thank you yeah and i mean congrats to you too like everyone who's a part of it like um i just recently found this out and it's just like surreal because you know it's a virtual film fest but they're also like you know letting you watch the films anytime as many times as you want so i almost feel like it opens up the films to you know really anyone so i think that's kind of cool that'll be fun yeah because you I mean, that's a good thing about virtual film festivals. Most of them, you don't really need tickets. You know, you don't, right. have, to, you don't have to be close in the area. You can be California, New York. You can be down in Florida. You can be overseas. Like, yeah. you have the option to see these films. So that's really exciting. Yeah. yeah, so that's something really awesome we can all look forward to. And stay tuned for the next episode of Convincing Creatives Panda Barrett Edition. And uh, if you are feeling so inclined, subscribe to us on YouTube. We appreciate y'all listening and we'll see you on the next episode. Peace.